0: has kept me in the vein of idolatry the worship of other gods and how he is in a I believe that he God is cleaning out the temple see a lot of us don't understand we look at how he ran out the the money exchangers in the temple and he ran out those who were selling doves and he ran out all those who were making worship a gimmick he was turning over tables he was beating people out And it actually speaks of the temple of man. What he did in the temple was actually what he comes in and does in our temple. He turns stuff over. He runs stuff out because this house is to be a house of prayer. Not a den of fees. This is not a place where you house envy. This is not a place where you house jealousy. This is not a place where you house um, 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 a desire to be seen and to be known. He'll come in and he'll run out all of those foreign things that are functioning in his temple until his temple is what it's properly supposed to be. It's a place where prayer is always going on. Come on, you pray without ceasing. Amen. That was not an image of what we do in a natural building. That's the image of what Jesus comes in and does when he really lives on the inside of you. Amen. 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 There's just certain stuff he runs out. Amen. And it's and and they are idolatric natures. We understand that idolatry in our time hides in ideas and imaginations. Um, Idolatry hides in ideas and imaginations. In the religious world, a, it hides in a. a. The best way I could put it, it hides in ministerial success. Right. And it hides in the word I'm looking for keeps on jumping from me. It hides in a desire to use what God has given you to be seen and admired by men. Right. Amen? Amen. In the religious world. The idol is now the perception of being religiously successful in the eyes of your peers. Right. Amen? Amen. To build a building, to, to, to be known as this or to be known as that. Amen. And to, uh, to the degree even where if the kingdom is not being expressed, it's okay. Because um, uh, uh, it, it really ain't about the kingdom. People think I'm successful. Amen. Yes, I look successful. And so God wants to deal with these idols. And um, I believe he's going to continue to deal with idolatry. Amen. Before I jump into the message, I will say this. The sure sign that we're functioning in ideas, imaginations that don't line up with God is a lack of joy. All right. it, uh, anytime that we are we lack joy, it is an indication that we're not in his presence. So whatever we're doing in worship ain't getting us there. That means we're in the presence of another God in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Those who hasten after other gods, their sorrows shall be multiplied. Not only is idolatry indicated by a lack of joy, but it's also indicated by multiplied sorrows. It's always one thing after another. It's always one frustration after another. It's always one thing that needs to get fixed after another. It's always another thing to worry about. It's always another somebody that don't like me. There's always a, another something that I'm fighting through. Over and over and over again, God allows those sorrows to be multiplied to now allow an alarm to sound off in our hearts to help us to understand that we are not worshiping the true and living God. The, 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 the son and daughter of God don't walk around in multiplied sorrows. The son and daughter of God that now lives in his presence, they now walk in continuous, uninterrupted joy. I might be facing a problem, but it does not stop my joy. When I'm a worshiper, I might cry, but I still got joy. I might not like what's going on, but I still got joy. Amen. Amen. Because joy is oxygen. oxygen. It's the oxygen of the atmosphere of the presence of God. We cannot talk about because we got to restore worship. I believe that above all everything else that we think and we say the church needs, the church needs worship restored. We can't talk about the restoration of worship without talking about a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah is the epitome of the prophet that focuses on one thing, restoring worship. His whole showdown with the false prophets of Baal and the false prophets of the groves was to restore worship that had been damaged in Israel. Because what did Elijah, what does the spirit of Elijah do? It it is a family restoring spirit. It restores the hearts of the fathers back to the children. Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6. And the hearts of the children back to the fathers, lest there be a curse upon the earth. Where there's idolatry, there'll be the destruction of family. I'm going to say that again. Where there's idolatry, there'll be the destruction of family. You show, you show me a dysfunctional family, I'll show you idolatry. Right. That's what idolatry ultimately functions to do. It destroys the family because the idolatry or the worship of another God understands everything God is going to do, he's going to do through family. Right. The first thing the worship of another God does is destroy the family. Where you see babies' daddies and, ba- and babies' mamas, you see idolatry. That's the evidence and fruit of idolatry. Right. Where you see fathers, that's all the fruit of idolatry. You. Where you see a husband and wife that say, we can't get this together. We're just going to walk away from each other. I'll show you two idol worshipers. All right? Come on now. right? Where there's idolatry, there'll be the destruction of family. The worship of another God is not something we just do in a religious setting. It's not just a religious setting. It has everything to do with how our family looks, how our marriage looks, how our life looks, how our joy looks. It has everything to do with how society looks and how this nation looks. Proper worship. So so I want to go back to because it mentions in James, I ultimately want to go to 1 Kings 17, 18, and 19. And I know I won't be able to do that today. I thought I was, and I was going to work from James 5. But James 5, verse 17 through 20 is enough. Is enough for today. I believe that the Lord is restoring worship. So, so turn with me to James chapter 5, verse number 17. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to read this because I need y'all, because today we're going to connect idolatry with family and why worship must be restored. James chapter 5 verse 17 reads, Elias, Elijah, right? Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. A total of three and a half years. Amen? Verse 19, which connects to 17 and, eight, uh, um, 17 and 18. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, he's talking about idolatry. He's talking about worshiping a God that's not God, although you are now or carry the title as a worshiper of God. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, verse 20, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. First thing we do when we read that scripture is think, go witness to the drunk and get him to now now be converted. He is not talking about the drunk being converted he is not talking about the stripper being converted he is not talking about uh glory be to god the drug dealer being converted he's talking about the believer being converted what happens when we don't realize we need a conversion after we've been converted read that i'm gonna read the text in a minute he is not talking about the conversion of people who don't know god who are walking in sin he said brethren no this is for the brothers this ain't got nothing to do with the, 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 the man on the street. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert you. This has to do with the conversion of the brethren. Father, I thank you. And I bless you right now. That you would speak clearly even to your people. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to read that again, James chapter 5, verse number 19. It says something so key. It says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one, convert him. Brethren, if any of, brethren, if any of you err from the truth, conversion is not just for the sinner. Conversion is not just for the individual that is, not, that is so-called lost. They're lost out in the world. Amen. You'd be surprised how many people are lost right on the pew. Amen. He is not talking about the sinner or the one that does not know him surrendering their life to God. It is very dangerous when you need conversion trying to bring people into conversion because you convert them into your version of freedom that ain't free. It's very dangerous when you need conversion trying to lead people into being a convert. God Almighty. Brethren, if any of you do err from truth and one convert him, so conversion isn't just necessary. Or necessarily for people, when we get converted, we don't just get converted so we can make sure we go to heaven and we don't go to hell. That's not all that has to do with conversion. I've been converted already. That's not all conversion has to do. It's not our ticket that we punch into heaven and our excuse or our pass from hell. It's more than that. It's necessary every time we err or stray away from truth. Brethren, if any of you do err from truth, you need conversion. Do y'all see what I'm saying? And and so so now, amen, and I need y'all to get this. We as brethren require a measure of conversion every time there's a gap between truth and us. If there's a gap between how we're doing life and truth, conversion is necessary. Why? Why? because truth is not a creed truth is not a dogma truth is not a mission statement truth is not a good idea i can use to make my life better and succeed truth is a man i am the way i am the truth and i am the life to wonder from the truth is to wonder from jesus Please understand what that scripture is saying. It is to wander, not, it is to wander away or go astray from a real-life relationship with him. It is to one. It isn't not for you to say you don't talk about Jesus and you don't love Jesus and you don't want to use his word to be blessed by Jesus. It's just not a real life relationship with him. It's not a living communion with him. Uh, Glory be to God. It's not something. It's more of an idea than it is his presence. I now live by the ideas of God. I live by the theories of God, and I live by my mental pictures of God, but I don't have a very present God. He's not really present. I've aired from the truth, and I've turned to philosophies, and I've turned to ideologies, and I've turned to positive thinking and agenda-based expressions where I'm trying, in Jesus' name, we're going to save the city. But be In Jesus' name, we're going to build this. In Jesus' name, we're going to have that. I turn to that because I have now erred and strayed away from a present tense, present relationship with God. Anytime Jesus is more of an idea to us than he is a present person to us, we need conversion. I'm going to say that again. Anytime Jesus is more of an idea to us than a present person to us, we need conversion. If, you, if, if when you ride in your car, he's not present, then you need some conversion. When you go into prayer, if he's not present, then you need some conversion. If you talk to him and he doesn't talk back to you, then you need some conversion. There's some, conver- so, some com- conversion that must take place. You, Amen? Amen? So, conversion... From what is the, qu- the question that we got to answer today? What is the conversion that we need to be converted from? We need to be converg- converted from worshiping idols. James is dealing with converting the Christian idolater in verses 17 through 20. He is not dealing with converting the stripper. He is not dealing with converting the person that doesn't go to church. He's dealing with converting the Christian idolater. James chapter 5 verse 20. Could you put that up for me? So let him know that he which converteth the what? Sinner. Who is he talking about? Brethren. Sinner from the error of his way. Make no mistake about it. To worship another God is actually the ultimate sin. It's harder to detect because you do it in his name. And so sometimes we think the stripper is worse off than the church goer when the church goer is actually worse off than the stripper. Because neither one of the two actually talk to God. Let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Conv- I, I need y'all to, to, to really, really catch that. And I'm going to just teach today. Conversion of the Christian idolater is twofold. There's a twofold fold uh, release, or there's a two-fold redemption or conversion of the Christian idolater. First, it saves their soul personally from death. But secondly, it hides a multitude of sins. Saving their soul for death has to do with them. Hiding a multitude of sins has to do with the generations coming after them. It will save their soul from death, but it'll also hide a multitude of sins. I'm going to say that again, and I'll make sure I get into it, but I need you to catch it because all that wasn't about them. All that was about the effect of their lifestyle and their worship on the generations coming after them. It'll save them from death, but it'll also now hide a multitude of sins from the children they're raising under that idolatric expression. Let him know. That he which converted the sinner from the error of his way. James refers to false worship as his way. James refers to false worship as his way. Why? Because a man or woman's way of worship becomes the next generation's way of life. God, I hope y'all caught that. If you didn't get it, a, a man or woman's way of worship becomes the next generation's way of life. Our worship becomes to those who are behind us lifestyle. James refers to the idolatrous worship as his way because it was not the way, but it still becomes a way to the next generation. Now, now he that now Converts him from his way because his way becomes a way, even though it isn't the way. His children are still going to function in his way, even though it ain't the way. Right. So, people around here will do everything all week. I don't care. You can run around. You can drink on Saturday. You cannot crack your Bible. You ain't got to listen to no worship music. You can listen to your hip-hop and rap. As long as you're in church on Sunday. Make sure whatever you do, I don't care what you do on Saturday, I don't care what you do all week, just make sure you're in church on Sunday. I wonder if I could get a witness up in here. That is a backslidden way of life that was generated out of the previous generation's way of worship, and it became our way of life. It doesn't matter what you do all week, just come to church. Why do people come to church that don't do nothing with God all week? Because the last generation operated in an idolatric worship that made it our way of life. We all want to give up sometimes. We all want to throw in the towel. We all want to quit instead of going to church to be conformed into the one who's not susceptible to feeling like quitting. I'll never feel like quitting the rest of my very life. This is a backslidden way of life that was generated by the previous generation's way of worship. We all come up on the rough side of the mountain. We all want to quit sometime. Baby, it's all right. We all want to throw in the towel. Why? Because that's the way you worship. Now, you've given it to me as my way of life. The worship of the current generation always becomes the lifestyle of the next generation. Worship is a way. He that converteth that man from his way shall cover him shall hide a multitude of sins from the next generation. Why are you doing everything but opening your Bible all week and now you're fighting right now to actually have a real relationship with God where you're actually pray in the middle of the day, where you're actually now cut off stuff to be alone with God. You're fighting now to try to develop that. Why? Because you were passed down an idolatry way of worship that's become your way of life. Now you're, gonna have, you're trying to get rid of your daddies and your mom Idols. That's not real worship. Right. You. Whatever you do, make sure you get your tithe in the church. Tithe if you do. Let people will do everything, but they will tithe. <laughs> Won't show up to church. they send, send your tithe with your brother. You better make sure you tithe, right? And the crazy part about it is it is an idolatric form of worshiping money. Their money ends up blessed. That's the crazy part about it is. And it's so crazy. Then you got the the idolatric Christian who comes in the church and don't tithe. And you broke in church and they getting paid and ain't even coming to church because both of y'all ain't worshiping God. Why are you still going to come to church and be broke? When James says, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death. And that was personal first, but it also shall hide a multitude of sins he was speaking generationally. I need y'all to catch that right now. There was a there were certain sins that the next generation was going to enter into because of the idolatry of the current generation. That because God found a man or woman of God that could stand up with a sharp sword in their mouth and cut down idolatric trees and bring down high places. That that individual that had been in church for 30 years finally got converted. And so the sins that were waiting on their children and their grandchildren and their great-great-grandchildren, God now, although they were there, see y'all miss, y'all missed the whole thing. Because at that point the sins were there. So now you got this sin here and you got this sin here and you got this sin here because we have a generation that's been in church for 25 years unconverted. They've never really walked with God in a real way where he's present. All they've had is ideologies and all they have is positive thinking, but they've never sat with the glory. And so what God says when they're converted, I will not keep their children from sin. I will hide those sins from their children so God will come in and pick up the sin and put it in a place where they can't find it he'll take it he said because they were supposed to enter into that sin but I'm going to take it and I'm going to hide it because you converted that man and saved him from death and now I can go hide sins from their great 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 grandchildren now I can go hide sins from their great 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 grandchildren Restored worship, restored worship of the true and the living God doesn't keep generations that follow us from sinning. True worship hides sin from them. God, I hope y'all get this. They literally can't do it because God hides it from their heart. Our children just can't find it to drink. I just can't find it in me to ever want to drink. I don't know why. I don't even know why I can't even find it in me to taste liquor. I don't know why I can't even find it in me to drink liquor. I can't even find it in me to drink beer because God converted some man. God converted some woman of God and brought them into his presence. And God said, I'm going to hide it from their heart. He doesn't hide it from their eyes. He hides it from their heart. He'll hide it where their heart will never be drawn to it. So they'll never drink a day in the their life simply because God found a worshiper. No, 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 you don't get it, you don't get it. You do not have to tell your children not to watch pornography. No, no, you don't have to tell your children not to enter into homosexuality and perversion. God said if you would just be converted, I would hide pornography from them. I would hide homosexuality from them. I would hide pornography from them, and they won't be able to find it within their hearts. They'll be looking around saying, I don't know. I don't see the big deal with it. I don't know why people, you just don't get it, boy. It was hid from you. Not by me, by God. I'm telling you, if God hides it, can't nobody find it. God said, I will hide... My God, if God hides it, can't nobody find it. And I'm telling you, God is about to raise up a group of worshipers that now birth a generation with freedom built in. Y'all ain't hearing me. You got built in freedom by birth. When I had you, I was a worshiper. So God hid every one of my sins from you. God hid every one of my dysfunctions from you. God hid. You just ain't going to be able to find them. Why do we need to go back to worship of the true and living God? So God can hide sins from our seed. He that is converted shall save that man's soul from death, but he shall also hide a multitude of sins from the seed that that man is birthing. So My God, my children won't have children out of wedlock. They can't find it. My God, my children won't get a divorce. They can't find it. My God, my children won't walk around and be be in murder. They can't find it. My God, my children will never be in prison. They can't find it. My God, my children will never be clubbers. They can't find it. How do you know God hid it? I'm a worshiper. I heard his voice. He opened up the heavens. I entered into my closet and the glory came in. And I know my soul has been saved from death and he's hid my sin. From my seed. I need somebody to declare God is hiding my sins from my seed. God is ready to tell our children, I'm ready to play hide and seek with you. I'm going to hide your sins to give you grace to seek my face. You're going to seek the Lord and the kingdom of God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength because I'm going to hide your family's bondages. I'm going to hide their struggles. God is saying to our children, let's play hide and seek. Seek ye first the kingdom. Once God hides the sin, ain't nothing left to do but to seek. I will seek the kingdom because I'm not fighting with depression. I'm not fighting with alcohol. I'm not fighting with rejection. I'm not fighting. God hid that from me. I've inherited Matthew 6 and 33. I didn't have to stand on nothing. I didn't have to fight for it. I had an Abraham over my life. I had an Isaac over my life. I had a Jacob over my life that worshiped the true and the living God. I need about 15 people to stand on my God feet and bless the living God. God is saying, let's play a game of hide and seek. My God, I hear you, Father. The Father saying, I'm inviting you, baby. We're going to play hide and seek. You don't think I'm going to bless God like I've lost my mind? I know the babies I don't meet will never even know they granddaddy said you won't know them I'll have to tell you what I did because you won't know it by experience and you won't know it because you don't see it on me I'll have to give you my testimony that's the only way you'll ever know what the club looks like I'll have to give you my testimony that's the only way you'll know what beer tastes like I'll have to give you my my you don't know it it got hid from you baby My testimony is I overcame it. Your testimony is I never even wanted it. God will hide not a few sins he said a multitude. If I could just find a worshiping daddy, I'll hide sins from their children. if I could just find a worshiping mama, I would hide sins from their children if I could just find a worshiping church, I would hide sins from Darlington, I would hide them from your neighbors I would hide them from your cousins I I don't know what y'all came here to do, but I ain't playing. I know the kingdom has come. The kicker. Hey. As you run, he's hiding. As you clap, he's hiding. As you shout, he's hiding. As you seek, he's hiding. As you praise, he's hiding. As you exalt, he's hiding. As you say, yes, he's hiding. Akobashan. God is hiding lust from your children. God is hiding pornography from your children. God. Hallelujah. God said, I'm going to hide so they can seek. won't be fighting, they'll be seeking. Where you fought, they'll be able to seek because your yes gave them grace for me to go ahead of you and hide what happened to you to them. My God, I feel the presence of God. You know how you feel breakthrough? Because now you know your great, great grandbaby is going to be the anointed of the Lord. You know why you feel what you feel? Because now you know your great, great grandbaby is going to be the glory of God. We were made for that. That's the Abrahamic promise. That I'll bless your seed. But because you know how to worship, Abraham, we don't get it. We don't get it. We don't get it. Abraham gave a measure of worship. So why do you do what you do? Because J.C. don't even understand what's being hidden from him. I'm watching him at 16, and I'm watching me at 16, and I understand half the stuff that I did by the time I was 16. This boy has no desire for, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continue. At 16, he wants to sit and watch movies with his mom and dad. At 16, I was trying to sneak out the house. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. God has here a multitude of sins. I'm here to tell you there's more weight on your holler than you think. I'm here to tell you there's more weight to you getting up in the morning and blessing the Lord with your mouth than you think. My God, you have generations in your praise. You have generations in your worship. I can't live without seeing God. When I see him, that guarantees something. He's going to hide stuff. I know my children are not going to be what I ever was because I know I've seen the Lord high and lifted up. My God, I've set him at my right hand, and he is ever before me. Therefore, I will not be. Watch this. When we're really converted, not God only not only saves our soul from death, he then goes and starts hiding multitudes of sin. Not from us. We're converted. What do you need to hide them from us for? He hides them from the generations. That follow us. I need somebody to shout, I will bless the Lord. Come on. My God, I need you to mean this stuff, man. I, see, I'm not doing this for church. I'm not doing this to get everybody excited. I'm trying to. I need you to open your mouth and say, I will bless the Lord. Listen, and, and it's so key. It's so key that we understand this. Y'all just be seated for just one more minute. Shanda car. I thank God. There's some stuff that got hid from my baby girl. I haven't even had a conversation with her yet about it. She just don't even know. She ain't going to know unless I tell her. Listen, and and this is so key, that we understand this. Please hear this and hear this well. The next generation's fight with sin is a reflection of the current generation's functional idolatry. I'm going to say that again. The next generation's fight with sin is a reflection of the current generation's functional idolatry. The next generation finds sin to the degree the current generation functions in idolatry. The reason why there are so many children, even in the church, practicing homosexuality, regularly watching pornography, amen, and looking for an opportunity to do something sexual with somebody else. You know why? Because there's so many believers in the church that are worshiping other gods. And so there's no element to remove those things. Not only is it not hidden from them, it's placed right in front of them. They accidentally stumble upon it. There are some youth in here that are so uncovered by God that they accidentally click sites that go to porn sites. It's just not hidden at all from them. Right? Well, there's some children in here that can't, bump into it, and I'm like, man, why, how do you always see that? How does that always happen? You're always talking about you seeing this, and they never see it. And it's not just by happenstance. Right. Right. They're covered by somebody that God said, I'm hiding it from them. Yes, you, amen? amen? The reason why there are so many children, even in the church, that curse, that are angry, amen, that are obstinate, It's because there's so many believers in the church that worship idols. Therefore, those things can't be hidden from them. They're right in front of them. Amen. Amen. Listen to me and listen to me well. The next generation finds sin to the degree the current generation functions in idolatry. Let him know that he which covereth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death. And shall cover a multitude, hide a multitude of sins. I want to, want to put up this slide. Put up, put up that first slide for me. I want to show you something. I'm, tra- I'm talking about the impact of adultery in indes- indes- destroying families. We must understand the connection. It's all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout the Bible. I want to put these two verses side by side because these are verses I I dealt with, uh, one on today and the other on Wednesday. It says in Psalm 16 and four, their sorrows shall be multiplied that do what? Hasten after another God. We know that from Wednesday, right? That sorrow is always an indication of idolatry, continuous, ongoing, fighting with this, depression, fighting with that. Uh, It's always something wrong. I just don't know what's wrong with me. That's always an indication that I'm actually worshiping God. Because if I'm worshiping God, I'm in his presence. And in his presence is what? You can't can't walk away from God's presence sad. Even if you are praying about something sad. You don't leave God's presence heavy even though there's a burden on you. Amen? I need to help you right now so you don't walk around in bondage calling it God's burden. His yoke is easy, and his burden is what? If it's the burden of the Lord, it ain't heavy. Man, even when it's heavy. Not that it ain't heavy, but it ain't heavy. Amen? We gotta fix those things. So we'll stop bringing people into bondage when we call them into intercession. James 5 and 20. Let him know that he which covereth <clears throat> the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Right. One verse talks about multiplied sorrow and the other verse talks about multi- multitude of sins. Both connect with worshiping idols. When we worship idols, there's multiplied sorrow and there's a multitude of sins. To convert the believer back to the true and living worship is to hide a multitude of sins and sorrows from the worshiper's generational legacy. There were multiplied sorrows. There are supposed to be multiplied sorrows, and there's also supposed to be multiplied sins tied to what straying Worshippers who were operating in idolatry were supposed to fall on their family. That they literally would have been sorrows and now sins that weren't just because that generation was so bad, but it was simply because as their inheritance from worshiping idols, their parents gave them sorrows and sins. Because you know how we do. Because we were taught we were taught to put on a face when you're going through, right? And, and, and when we get to church, we believe God. We love God, that backslidden worship of idols. And then when, when would be the only time we would actually act like we really believe God? In church. But then our children would see us in church acting like we believe God. And then, but they would see us all the other times. When we're crying, complaining, on the phone with people, wondering how things are going to go. And what happened? I passed on to them as an inheritance sorrows. That was my inheritance to them. Fake it in church. You don't fake it, you get it. As long as you fake you like you got it, God will never give you the grace to get it because you got enough pride to actually want to look a certain way before men and don't care how you look before God. Right. It's actually an act of the fear of man. I want man to see me in a way I know God don't know I am. He already God knows I'm not like this, but I want man to see me like this. It's Saul syndrome. Right. Honor me before the people. Even though I really ain't, that's idolatry. To get up in here and stand up and I believe God because I, I got I to be a leader. Since I'm a leader, no, that's an idol worshiper. I don't care what you are. Don't sit up there and act like you believe so you'll try to, and then you get up here and preach at other people telling them to believe and fussing at them. You better believe why you ain't standing on God and you're faking yourself. That's idolatry. That's the worship of another God. God doesn't give us hopeful, wishful dreams and then tell us to fake it. My God, he anoints us with power from on high. He fills us from head to toe with the glory of the living God. You ain't got to fake nothing. I'm going to give you all of the real thing. You ain't got to act like you encouraged. I'm going to give it. I'm going to keep you full of it. You ain't got to act like you ain't ready to give up. I'm going to strengthen you to the degree you won't ever feel like giving up. You ain't got to fake it. I'll give it to you. But as long as you fake it, you'll never get the real thing. Because you fear man more than you fear God. And curse is the man that trusteth in man, that maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departeth. That's a curse within itself. And so now, depression, anxiety attacks, feeling rejected, feeling like nobody understands, even suicidal. Think about how much that's multiplied in our children right now. How many, if you've ever worked in the school, man, six out of 10 children fight with rejection. And depression, one in every 20 has thought about suicide. It didn't used to be like that. Y'all know that, right? It didn't used to be like that. Kids actually thought thought about kicking balls and shooting and playing cops and robbers and getting on the merry-go-round. Now I'm sad because nobody loves me. And we think it's the kids, and not understand we gave them that as an inheritance. Multiplied sorrows. They get it. From us, because we're in here worshiping another God. There's a bunch of sad men. Ready to quit kids. Nobody understands me and confused because there's a bunch of believers who come in here and lift their hands up just the same way. Amen. And if they can be in God's presence and be like that, well, then that means I can know God, too, and be like that. I accept that as a believer's lifestyle. Multiply sorrow. So you could be a believer and still be on medication. You could be a believer and still go to counseling. The crazy part about it is it almost sounds believable. You know why it sounds believable today? Because so many believers, (laughs) it actually almost sounds right. That's a lie. That's a lie. Amen. There's so many sad, mad, feel unwanted and rejected, angry and depressed and even suicidal children even in the church, because the church is full of believers who are yet unconverted in their worship. You, I didn't say you, you, you didn't never confess Christ, you're just unconverted in your worship. Right. He's still a distant God, you're going to see one day when you die and go to heaven. Right. As long as he's just a distant God, you're going to die one day and see when you go to heaven, you're unconverted. Because right. before we ever go up, he wants to come in. Right. You don't meet him face to face before you meet him heart to face. You meet him heart to face before you ever meet him face to face. His face sees your heart. And my God, there's no way your heart can see his face. And something not happen deep down on the inside of you. I'm telling you, when God's face, Rabbi Shanda, Robo You can't be the same and come face to face with the king. Sorrows are multiplied generationally. Amen. But ain't it good? You know what's good? You know what's great? You know what's phenomenal? The Bible says, he that converteth, the sinner, shall not only save their soul from their next death. Death, not ultimate death, but death of joy, death of peace, death of encouragement, death of motivation. It only not only saves their soul for that, but it starts going up ahead of them and hiding sins. See what I'm telling you is it's not like you got to do this for three days before God moves in but the moment my God the moment we say that we are going to now rearrange our worship lifestyle the moment we say I'm going to uproot this closet that ain't getting me in presence the moment we say I'm going back to the heart of worship the moment we say if I got to cut off the TV to feel you I'm going to cut off the TV to feel you if I got to fast for 20 five days to, to get to you I'm going to do it. The moment we say I'm going to get hungry and thirsty and I'm not stopping until I taste you uh, I guarantee right now stuff starts getting hid right away the God that we serve is that good. He's that He's that good. James chapter 5 verse 19 and 20. Watch this. James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. I'm going to read it again. It says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him. Y'all see that? Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. That word, and I want to teach you a little bit, that word convert epistrepho" is now the Greek word. epistrepho," is the Greek word for convert, and it means to turn. Listen to this. To be converted or to return. It means to turn, to be converted, to return, to turn or return to the worship of the true God. Either to turn to worship of the true and living God or to return to worship of the true and living God. Now, this is when it gets heavy to turn or return to the love for the children. That word convert actually means to turn to actually loving children. I'm trying to talk about the spirit of Elijah that turns the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. That word actually means, I'm going to read it again, to turn to the love for the children, to return to the worship and the true and living God is actually to return to to loving children how we worship God is a reflection of how much we love our children my God that's heavy and I need that to sit for just one minute because you thought you could love them by buying them Jordans and taking them to the movies but actually according to the Bible how much we actually love our children based on how much we properly worship God and I'm gonna show you how in just one minute How we worship God, I'm going to say that again, is a reflection of how much we actually really love our children. We love our children by way of worshiping God. Now, y'all should know why. Because worship is cultural. The way one generation worships becomes the way the next generation lives. Worship is passed on whether it's idolatry or authentic worship. To... To to worship another God or commit idolatry is actually to hate our children. In all actuality, in a sense, it is to literally hate them. Why? Because that means we're passing on from ourselves to our children as an inheritance, a multitude of sins and a multitude of sorrows. They'll pop depression pills in 10 years because we worship a false God this year. They'll have five babies out of wedlock in 15 years because we worship a false god this year. They won't be able to stay in a marriage in 10 years. Never satisfied because we worship a false god this year. How can you love them and pass that on to them? Do you in the understand how many of our dysfunctions were actually given to us by our parents? You don't get it. And this ain't a guilt trip because we don't know. We didn't understand these things. And God's blood covers. Don't walk away from the saying, Whoa, I can't believe you look at my baby and look what I did. But you don't understand what was did to you by what, how you were raised. And all you did was pass on the curse that was given to you. That's all you knew. Now, God, there's no condemnation. We ain't finna walk out of here with our head down. We just gonna walk up in here, out of here worshiping the living God. If you really want to do, if you really want to show God that you now want, want, want the best for your children, that you really repent, my God, leave in worship. Don't walk away sad. That's gonna keep you in the wrong position. There's no condemnation. Ain't nobody guilty. Amen. Amen. Not in Christ. We passed on to them a lifestyle of confinement to situational image. Y'all know that, right? Which locks them outside of what? Being conformed into the image of God. Now, you got to review this from last time. We have to stop allowing our children to look like what they now feel like because they're actually being conformed in the situational image. If they're mad, right. we, they should not be allowed to look like they mad. Right. See, our parents had one thing right. I'm gonna tell you one thing. They had a whole bunch of stuff right too. I ain't trying to knock them. But there's one thing that they had right for sure. Boy, if I tell you to do something and I see you cross your arms and poke out your lip, you might walk away without a lip at all. I will Because you ain't going to look like what you feel like after I say something too. You ain't going to sit in church like you aren't interested in church. You're not going to be conformed into the image of your situation. Sit your behind up and you better look like you're paying attention. And if you don't, ain't nobody going to pop you. You better stop it. Didn't I tell you? My God, is fist flying across the pew. I know I ain't the only one. Why? Because it's my job to help you understand. You don't look like what's around you. You're called to look like a living God that's victorious, holy, righteous. Amen. Amen. We allow those things and even condone those. Were they're just expressing their feelings. No, they're being conformed into an image. You don't be mad and look mad. The Bible says be ye angry and do what? I don't care what you feel like. Sin not means honor me. I don't care if you're mad or not. Don't sin and dishonor me. Don't even bleak too fast. After I tell you to do something. We don't love them enough to break those false images. I'm just the type of person, I just get mad, and I don't want to talk to nobody. Well, you just need to get glad. Right. L- literally. You're mad, and they were talking about you, but I told you to come here. Well, you just don't understand. Was, I'm going to slap you in your mouth. I told you to come here. Right. I don't care what they said to you at school. Right. What that sound like? Domestic violence. You, you, you're going to abuse that child. You don't love, no, 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 baby. I love them a whole lot. And when yours be in prison because you let them get angry and throw stuff, and mine understand, even when I'm mad, say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and they run in something, then we'll see who knew what. I don't do that because I'm mad at you. I got my son, my 16-year-old son. I probably ain't going to tell everything I did for the sake of his coolness. I want to, I want to save his coolness, but he did something I directly told him not, told him not to do, and he's 16 years old. But you're still my boy, okay. right. and if I really love you, I gotta protect your heart, you holding back tears, literally. My wife, she over there interceding. <laughs> you know, I had to tell her she over there. So I had to tell her, I said, look, baby, just you're going to have to leave the room. <laughs> look, and she just got up and left the room. She didn't even ask. She said, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And he's 16, and he's on the doorstep of becoming a man. Thank you, Lord. And there's some things in his heart that I've been very, very intentional about telling him not to do because I know how precious his heart is and what it can do to his heart, and he did it. Directly defying me. And he don't understand it, but I talked to him for about 20 minutes before I even went in. And I told him behind up. I told him behind up, and I wasn't stopping until I heard a 16-year-old boy scream. Yeah, I wasn't going to stop. You're going you gonna to make a sound. Amen. But I had to go 20 minutes talking to him. You know why? Because I had to build myself up to do it because I didn't want to do it but knew I had to do it. It is not what I wanted to do. It was It was not my... T- it, I'm telling you right now, and I almost didn't do it. And God told me, if you love him, get him. God told me, if you love him, get him, because he's about to leave your house. He's about to... I did not do that because I was mad at him. That ain't got nothing to do with it, man. And if we don't do that, then every time we discipline our children, we'll th- they'll think, he's mad, He mad. He already knew I wasn't mad at him. He was willing to come and sit next to me an hour or two later because he knew it had nothing to do with anger. But I love him enough, and I said, you know what, I told him afterwards, I said, my job is to protect your heart, son, and your heart is too valuable. Your heart is too valuable to me to let you do that. Amen. Amen. I lost my train of thought, but that was just. Whew. Glory be to God. See, I'm going to tell you right now if you love my babies, get them. Right. Don't get them because you're mad. See, that's my thing. Some of you, that's why you got to get delivered from being angry. Right. Didn't I tell you? You gonna get on, You ain't going to make me look bad, and you're whooping them for all the wrong reasons. Worried about how you look in public and nothing got nothing to do with that. Right. The reason why we can't dis- discipline each other's children is because we still ain't been delivered. Right. You can trust me to get your kid. If I get your child, I ain't going to be mad at him. I'm going to help you not lose him, Because right. I see you losing your own child. Right. That's all I'm doing. And then they come to you about me. You better tell them. You better act like pastor said that. They ain't personal with me. I don't care about that. I just feel like he don't like me. So what? Come and give me a hug. How about that? Nothing to do with none of that. Amen. But when you have a bastard's mentality, discipline becomes rejection to you. And some of, you, some of you all ain't been delivered from that. All right, put up the next slide. I'm going back in. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. 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 Look at this. Exodus 20, verse 4 through 6. It's in the Bible. It says this, no carved gods of any size He's talking about idolatry. No carved gods of any size, shape, or form of anything, whatever, whether of things that fly or walk or swim. Don't bow down to them and don't serve them because I am God. Your God and I'm a most jealous God. Listen to this. Punishing the children of any sins their parents pass on to them. To the third and yes, even to the fourth generation of those that hate me. I'm gonna read that part again, and I'm a most jealous God, punishing. Well, how do we pass on sins to our children by culture? Right. I don't feel like going to church today. Let's just stay home from church. You're passing that on, right? right. Look, I know I shouldn't, but I want to eat out. We done ate out, and we just ain't gonna be able to pay ties this week. You're passing that on. Your children know you're robbing God. Right? right? And then they know you get home and talk about your leaders. Right. And then wonder why they won't properly honor you. Right. Right. You don't have authority to get the honor you want. And I'm most jealous, God, punishing the children For any sins their parents pass on to them, to the third and, yes, even to the fourth generation of those who hate me. But I'm unswervingly loyal. God said, my God, if you will be faithful to me, I will be loyal. See, David, y'all don't get it, man. But because David was so loyal, Solomon, as jacked up as Solomon was, how in the world do you have over a thousand concubines? You don't have over 1,000 concubines, and because you're so jacked up in lust that you start letting your concubines bring their gods to Israel. Right. And you're so jacked up in perversion, not only do you start letting them bring them into the house of God and into Israel, you start worshiping with them as they're worshiping with their gods, and you make it a part of your intimate moments. You intertwine. Oh. And now it gets to the point where not only are you worshiping with them, what they build, you start building temples for their God in the city. And God says, because of your father David, my God, y'all hear what I'm saying? As idolatric as you were, you shouldn't have nothing. But because of your father David, who was a man after my own heart, I am going to make sure I don't take the kingdom out of your hands. I'm going to still let you be king. Jacob you're a swindler Jacob you're a liar and Jacob you're a cheat. but because of your father Abraham and Isaac I am going to be I am unswervingly faithful I know God will be unswervingly faithful to my children because of my life You can secure your child's future, not with your bank account, but with your worship. you a mess, but David was a man after my own heart. Even in Solomon's reign, he said, I will not remove my mercy from the house of David. Let's deal with that next time. Everybody stand to your feet. Come on, I need somebody. Can we just bless them? We are worshipers. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. I need somebody to lift up a real, not not just because I said it. Let's do this thing intentionally.